What's up, you guys? Happy Sunday, and welcome back to your favorite podcast ever with the coolest podcast host ever, Brunch with Desby. I am your host, Des, also known as Desby, and today the B stands for baby mama. I'm so excited for today's episode, mostly because it was kind of out on a whim. I connected with my friend Carly, and I was like, dude, we have not chatted since we've both given birth let's just like chat. Let's give our, get like, give my listeners a chance to just eavesdrop in on our conversation. And it actually ended up turning into something that's really going to be super special for you guys to listen into, especially since I haven't really chatted a lot about postpartum since my episode uh, quite a few weeks back. And to hear from another mom and hear how both of our, our experiences were so different, but also the same is just, it really was super empowering to even chat through. So Make sure that you check out the show notes, obviously. Give Carly a follow. Um, subscribe to our podcast. We're going to be doing part two over there. Um, but I did just want to put a very obvious trigger warning into this episode. I, I already rehash it in the actual like, episode itself as we start talking. But if you're someone who can be triggered by um, infant loss, miscarriage, NICU, any sort of like pregnancy trauma, um, just please be aware that this could get to you. Um, Carly was very strong in sharing her story and obviously, you know, me sharing mine and, um, we got a little bit personal. So if, if that's something that could bother you guys, please just feel free. If you, if you don't even want to listen to this episode, I'm, I'm not offended at all. Um, but I, I love you. I love you. And I, I hope that you come back. I will be honest with that. Um, just wrapped up an amazing, workout yesterday with my Patreon group, which if you guys aren't a part of my Patreon, you can join for at a low dollar amount of just $7 a month, working up to $23 a month, depending on how many live workouts you want. Um, we do a Saturday workout every week, along with some extra content and girls night live streams in the group. Um, Instagram has just become so fucking toxic guys that I've had to really distance myself. And every time I go live, I get nothing but creeps in like fake accounts. It's, it's sad. Like my Instagram is truly like kind of died. And I'm just at the point where like, I accept that. And you know what? It means that there's a new venture out there for me. Um, but it is kind, it is kind of sad. I'm not going to lie. So I just wrapped up a workout there yesterday. I'm taking a rest day on this beautiful Sunday and giving you guys this beautiful podcast. So if you're interested in not only joining my Patreon, but maybe doing a workout from home today, you can join and still get access to any of my previous workouts. So like just because you join doesn't mean you don't get a workout right away. You have a slew of workouts depending on the tier that you sign up for to still participate in and do like right from home and redo and write down and whatever you want to do and use them for. So all that information is in the show notes as always. A great place to you know, work out with me at home and just have a more intimate space to do it. So outside of that, um, nothing else really for housekeeping, to be honest. I do have a Brunch with Desby podcast Instagram now, which is really exciting. Um, so make sure you follow us on Instagram, Brunch with Desby. You really, you like literally can't fuck it up. Um, so I'm really excited for that just to kind of see you guys tag us, repost them, um, and, and just continue to grow this fun area. Um, I actually have quite a few really fun podcast ideas, so I'm going to let you guys in on them because I want to start doing them in the next couple weeks um, or next couple months even. Number one, I want to have you guys submit your Instagrams and just by your Instagram alone, I'm going to scroll through your Instagram live on my podcast and I'm going to tell you what I assume about you. So without knowing you from Adam, I'm going to go through your Instagram, your captions, your pictures, your bio, and I'm going to, I might roast you. I'm going to be honest. It's all out of love. It's going to be fun, but I just want to assume. And then I want to hear from you guys of like what you really do. So like, maybe I assume your job. I assume if you're married, I assume different things. And again, all of this out of love, just to kind of keep it fun and show like the outside of what social media can create, right? You might be like, bro, I fucking hate dogs, but I think that you like them or stuff like that. So that's number one. Um, and then number two, I actually want to pick a few of you every so often to actually come on the podcast and just like talk. Maybe we, we like you come on and I almost ask you like, what's going on? 
what's going on in your life. And I just give you some advice. Maybe we just shoot the shit. Um, maybe you share your story. Like, I don't know what way it could go, but I just want to kind of almost give a raffle for some of you to join on my podcast and just have it be like a listener special. Um, so just some like fun stuff I really have on the horizon. There's so many different things that I talk about in this podcast. And I think that's why I love it so much. You get on different podcasts and they talk about the same stuff every week, which is fine. They have themes, but here I just love that we can do everything. Like we just fucking have fun. And it's, it is literally so fun. Every time I start talking here on my podcast, it's like, I can't shut up. Cause I just get so excited to talk to you guys. Um, so thank you guys for like being here and listening and, and being a part of it. It is so special. Obviously a girl, um, I haven't had any ads come through lately and I'll be honest, I'm literally spending like almost a thousand dollars a month, just putting these podcasts out. And now with helping, having someone help me with the Instagram. So I'm not going to lie. I'm operating in the red for this podcast. So a way that you guys can support me without ads is obviously continuing to use my codes, shop my merch, join my Patreon, um, sign up for like our six weeks to shreds challenge coming up, shop for an app program. Like those are all still ways that you can definitely support me to still fund this podcast. So even though I'm in the red, baby, we're actually in the green because we're having fun. So obviously I want to break into this episode. Um, Carly is here. We're going to get right into it. So let's dive in. I know we talked about recording like a few, I would say weeks, weeks ago, maybe even a month. And I was sitting today and I was like, you know what? I should reach out to Carly today and we should just do it. We should just record, catch up, chat, and just let let the people eavesdrop. <laughs> no, I love it. And you know what's so funny is it's like, I feel like for both of us to just casually, you know, hey, let's chat today. I'm like, the amount of things you have to work into play these days to actually hop on a phone call. I'm like, okay, this dog's over here. Is Casey home? Is the baby awake? Is the bottle made? I'm like, okay, can I do this? Yeah. Tell me, <laughs> tell me why I just did the same thing. Bottles made, handed off to dad. Dogs are in the kitchen. I'm upstairs, doors closed and I'm running. <laughs> oh yes. And I can guarantee you, you will definitely hear the dogs scratching at the door. I'm like, you know, we're just going to do our best. That's all we can do. These days. That's, that's all we can do. And it's, it, you're right. It's so funny. I feel like Texting is one thing, which it still takes a light year to text back, right? That's literally no shade to anyone. Exactly. But when you become a mom, it's already hard enough. But then to get on a phone call nowadays, I feel like promotes a lot of anxiety for me. It, oh, I, Des, I 1000% agree. I feel like I sometimes feel bad. I, I don't respond to a text because I'm like, oh my gosh, this might lead to a conversation. And then I don't know if I have time to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And then wait, are they trying to actually meet up with me? And I think some of this anxiety is also brought on because so much of my life, and I'm sure yours too, over the last year has just been confined to my house. So it's like, now I have all this new anxiety of like, oh wait, can I have these conversations? Can mm -hmm. I meet up with people? And so it's just been, no, I fully get it. I feel so bad. Sometimes I open my phone. I'm like, oh, 17 missed text messages. Maybe I should read those. Right. And like, let's not even talk about the fact that we're still on social media all day. But, I know. I know. It's so different. The mental energy to show up on an Instagram story is so much different than having an, an intimate conversation with someone. And so I'm like, I try to just remember like this job. I'm, I'm not here to ignore anyone, but like at the end of the day, it's like showing up for work, you it know, is. from, from 8am to 4pm, I really dedicate myself to do what I got to do online. And that, that is a job, you know? And I, I don't know about you. Cause like, I think you and I, we both, we love our communities. We love our girls. Our platform is awesome, but it's so hard. Cause I think you and I definitely try to show the good, the bad, the ugly, the realness of life yet it's like you, you show up and for one, you don't want to complain. Right. Like, but sometimes <laughs> that's how it's going to come off. And then there's always like, I feel like I have a very positive community, but there's always somebody who just like has something to say. I'm like, Oh, I just want to share my life with you. And I, and I get it right. Like we're choosing to put ourselves out there. Right. It's so draining. And it's like, Oh, I, you know, for the 99% of people who are on our journeys and who are so supportive you feel bad, right? Because sometimes I'm yep. like, screw this and I just don't even show up. But then it's like, oh, I don't know about you, but I mean, Casey, he's working and he's gone six days a week. I have to actually 
kind of talk myself up before Mondays. And I know mm-hmm. that's so bad, but I'm like, oh, I need to get on it. And I mean, it's a Saturday today, right? Like we're still right. working, we're still chatting, but it's just kind of that never ending. Can I have a fun conversation? <laughs> right, I right. I well, and, and that's why I'm glad to talk to him. Like, not only can we catch up and like I said, it's just like, we can talk about all the things, but also give my audience in this case, and obviously we'll be hopping into your audience in a few weeks, which is exciting. But yeah. for now, just e- eavesdrop into a, a mom catch up, uh, talking through what we've gone through. Cause I think we both had very different traumatic experiences involving pregnancy. Absolutely. And I do definitely just, you know, forewarning and I'll put this in the show notes. I want to give a trigger warning to anyone with just anything infant related. You know, if you have anxiety regarding pregnancy or anything like that, just I don't know where these conversations are going to go. And I just want to throw that out there because you never know. Um, I am so, so happy you said that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if anything, you know, makes anyone uncomfortable, just feel free to X out. I, we're never going to be offended. Nothing at all. So um, anyways, our life has really changed a lot. And um, I think that being able to just catch up, you know, I want to hear about you. I'm sure vice versa. Like we just want to hear how are you doing, mom? And just yes, hear about thought, our experiences. <laughs> I literally just want to ask, like, how are you? I feel like, you know, it's such a common question. Even when I get onto my podcast, I'm always like, hey, guys, you know, here's a new episode. And I always forget to say, like, how are you? Regardless of them not being in the room with me. But that's such a missed question these days, you know? And it's like, genuinely, how are you? Right. Not not how's the baby? How are you sleeping? Yeah. How, how's the bottle feeding going? It's like, how are you? Yeah. Um, so no, I appreciate you asking. I feel like I've made a really huge breakthrough the past couple weeks. Um, I've started doing online therapy, which has just been nice to like, just know I have it. Like it's almost a different Mm -hmm. mindset knowing that I just have that option to reach out to my therapist. Like it just put me in a different headspace. Um, I feel like I'm really slowly getting a balance of like this whole mom thing, what I want to share when I need to take time off, when I need to show up here and there. Um, I just, I'm feeling a little bit more confident in that. So I appreciate you asking. I will say I'm, I'm definitely doing better. And it feels good to say that. So thank you for asking. No, I love that. And, you know, I think it's so, um, empowering to say that, you know, I, like for me, I went to therapy for eight months actually before Casey and I got married and it was so crazy, right? Like in such a joyous time in my life, yet I felt like emotionally I was very unstable. And so just Mm -hmm. having that person there was so awesome just to open up about everything. But, you know, I don't know about you. I feel like nobody warned me for those first 12 weeks of being a mom. And I don't know if it is, and granted you had a very different experience than myself, but it's one of those things where I, and I don't want to blame social media. I think people are doing great now about opening up about the struggles, but it's hard. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I just kept seeing joy and granted, you know, my, like, so for your listeners, I did have a miscarriage at 11 and a half weeks and I got pregnant almost immediately after unplanned, not trying. And so from an emotional perspective, it was a, oh crap, like, where am I at emotionally? Right. Is there Mm -hmm. fear? Is there joy? What is it? And so, you know, with Caden, I was like, okay, I need to only show joy, right? Like this is my beautiful rainbow baby. Like this is something I've been praying for. Clearly we had a hot mess getting him into this world, which we can go into that. And it was just, I felt guilty when I was like, oh, but I'm so overwhelmed and I'm kind of scared and I'm kind of uncertain. And I don't know if I'm doing this right. And I don't want to put that out there because I don't want to get mom shamed. And I just, I wasn't doing well the first three or four months. Genuinely, I wasn't doing well with myself. I wasn't doing well with my balance of work, wife, life, whatever you want to call it. And I feel like, like you said, I finally, like once he hit about four, four and a half months, I was like, okay, I think I have a little bit more of a grip on this. And he's now five and a half months. So it's been this last like probably five or six weeks where I feel like I can breathe again, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And you're Mm -hmm. not just like, oh, I'm busy. It's like, okay, I'm actually being productive again. This is the first time I'm productive. I'm just like shaking my head because I'm like, yes, I feel (laughs) like I'm finally there too. Like I'm getting stuff done again. My creative juices are kind of coming back. And again, that first couple months of motherhood, no matter what way you were thrown into it, you don't realize why maternity leave exists. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Dude, Carly, (laughs) I I was, I was planning to still check in with my clients. I wasn't even going to take a maternity leave. I I was like, like, I'm like, I can, I can do this. I'm fine. And now it's like that time it, it does go by first off so fast, but you can see why 
You need it. So let's let's start back. I I feel like we just well, I have so much we want to dive into. I know, I, I know, right? It. I love it. I really do. But let's start back. Introduce yourself to my audience. Oh, Tell yes. them what, whatever you feel comfortable with sharing, feel free to share. And then we can kind of get into like your birth experience, relating it to mine. Then we can talk postpartum. We can talk relationship, husband, wife dynamic, and just kind of see where that leads us. Absolutely. So uh, my name is Carly Andell. Call me Carly. That's very much my title. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I feel like from a job perspective, uh, you can say, you know, a personal trainer, health and wellness enthusiast, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. I'm not going to lie. I'm in my thirties and I feel like I still have no idea what the heck I'm doing with my life. And it that kind of ran my life for a very long time. I felt like I had to have a title. I had to be presentable on social media with a title or with a direction, like a clear cut hat that I was wearing. And I finally have just leaned into the sense of my purpose and my passion may not always be fueled by that line of work that I'm currently doing at the moment. Um, I've had obviously a huge transition these last you know five and a half months becoming a a mama um but yeah I would definitely say I'm you know a businesswoman I'm an entrepreneur I have goals and dreams that I know will come to fruition but I'm kind of releasing the titles these days I'm kind of mm. um as I say bless the hot mess I'm appreciating the hot mess and I, I'm loving it I think since I've kind of released that expectation of needing to be the perfect personal trainer or the perfect wife or the perfect mom I'm allowed to just be me and I think that we need a little bit more of that in society but I'm definitely a type a person went to grad school was trying to get that title to I don't know feel worthy if that makes sense like okay, absolutely I have, I have this job title and um like I said I'm in my 30s and I don't have that job title and that's okay and so that's kind of who I am. I feel like I'm very thankful that I've kind of made that breakthrough because it was exhausting. No, I love that. As, as someone who is, I mean, I'm, I'm 25, almost 26, but learning how to learn from people that are older like you. And I mean, older, you know, I'm talking a few Absolutely. years, right? Yep. You're not, yep. no. Honey, nope. you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly. But to learn from those who have even just had a few extra years on earth than you have, it's helped me. So again, I'm sure you're helping so many people in a different way that you, you know, you release this expectation thinking that it's like you're, it's negative because you're like, oh my gosh, well then who am I? But you're actually simultaneously helping a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I love that. And I think you've done a phenomenal job embracing that over, you know, the past, man, I even think of back to what on the waves, just where we right? were at. You were, you were weeks away from getting married yes. and you were like, Oh my God, this is so crazy. And you know, all those small conversations we had and just to think of where we're at now, almost two years later. Yeah. And it's like, it's actually boggling, mind boggling. Um, so yeah, un unpack then how things have gone Let's start just from your marriage. So tell us when yeah. you got married and now your story up to now. Yeah. So um, I kind of love my story. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I met my husband while we were uh, working out of the country. So actually, funny story, I was um, on vacation. Like I said, I dropped out of grad school. Or I don't know if I clearly said that, but I dropped out of grad school. <laughs> I went on vacation with five of my best friends to Turks and Caicos. And we had the best time. Saw this really cute beach boy and was like, okay, cool, whatever. Actually, he ended up being from Seattle, which is where I'm from. And a year later, I started working for the same company, but in Cancun, Mexico. So instead of Turks and Caicos, it was in Cancun. They told me there was one other American there and he was home on vacation. So like six days later, he showed up and it was the guy that I'd been staring at on the beach. <laughs> so <earlier>. Right? <laughs> so we just went down the best friend route. It was perfect. We both were in relationships and it kind of just gave us that friend zone. Well, now, you know, eight years later, clearly <laughs> lines were blurred. But two years ago, we did get married. We actually went back to Turks and Caicos, which is where we met when I was on vacation and TMI. But I feel like you're very much TMI. It's also where I was conceived. So just a crazy roundabout way. Of yes. Everything. Um, and then we transitioned into marriage. And one thing that I think is so awesome about our relationship, which maybe, I mean, maybe you and Wyatt went through the same thing also. Um, it was like once we got married, more walls got broken down. So like once we got engaged, more walls got broken down. Once we got married, more walls were broken down. And just new communication, new conversations, uh, more challenges, uh, mm -hmm. more awkward moments, just things that you just don't really know what are coming for you. And we started trying to have kiddos about eight or nine months after we uh, got married. So we had been dating for 
gosh, like five, six years. Um, so we felt ready and we started trying, got pregnant, ended up unfortunately having a miscarriage 11 and a half weeks later. And it was like, you know, getting ready to tell everybody. And as you know, with social media, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of missed out on that first trimester because it was, okay, how are we going to tell our parents? Okay. How are we going to tell social media? Okay. What's the picture going to be? Okay. What's the, um, mm-hmm. are we going to do a gender reveal? And we just started thinking of all these next things. It was never mm-hmm. where we were at. And so when all of a sudden I knew something was wrong, we went to the hospital and I had a very traumatic miscarriage. It was not just like, okay, in the hospital, you're done. I ended up they don't do things right away. Let's just say that. So I ended up having an ER trip the next day, ambulance came. And so just this, they're, they're kind, but it's also kind of like a, okay, this is normal. Like this happens to a lot of people. So you almost feel Mm -hmm. dismissed. Um, and I didn't know how to process it. So I was really struggling with that, but I really missed out on that pregnancy. I just, (laughs) you know, was constantly looking for the next thing. I think a lot of us do that in life. And, um, I really struggled for those next four or five weeks. Um, the reason why I only say four or five weeks is at about four weeks after the miscarriage, Casey finally went through it. My husband, he finally went through his emotional roller coaster of the whole thing. So I think, you know, anybody listening, I think that, you know, we, we definitely all process things differently. Um, and then crazy and behold, we wound up pregnant right away. And after miscarriage, you can't be intimate for a while. And so we waited the time and we ended up getting pregnant first try. And it was such a blessing, but also this terrifying thing. And to kind of even rewind more, I didn't know if I could get pregnant because when I was 19 years old, I was diagnosed right. with endometriosis. So this was like, mm. okay, God, where, what cards are you dealing? What challenges? What are we learning? And it was, I was just in a season of life where I couldn't hear everything happens for a reason. I couldn't hear like God has a plan. Like I'm struggling with this miscarriage. Did not know I was pregnant. Mind you, I had no idea. Um, and then ended up getting pregnant and the beautiful hot mess. <laughs> we have a beautiful son. Um, I mean, I think pregnancy in itself is just an up and down roller coaster. It was, but I think one thing I did learn is I, we actually didn't even share with our family. We were pregnant. We waited 13 weeks, just, we had our own fears and we actually lived for every week of the pregnancy as weird as that is. I was like, Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's why, you know, for me, that's why I was able to process the miscarriage was it allowed me to genuinely be in every moment of that pregnancy with Caden. I didn't take all the photos. I wish I had. I think I just had fear because I took all the photos with the first one. Um, so I didn't take a, even a single bump photo until week 17. And as you know, like everything changes. <laughs> like week four, you're like, my boobs, what are these things? Right. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I feel like, you know, with Casey and I, it was definitely I'm, I'm definitely an idealist. That's bad, but I'm a fairy tale girl. And our, our story never was a fairy tale. It, it is now, right. Mm-hmm. It's the way you write it. But uh, I didn't, you know, he didn't propose when I thought he would. And, you know, we didn't say boyfriend and girlfriend when I thought we would, it was like, he took one step when he was ready to take five. And I was like, all right, <laughs> let's get this show <laughs> on the road. So now, you know, looking like even thinking back, like he said, all the way back to water on the waves, when we were on a cruise and just where we were at as individuals, but then where our relationship was at. And then now to see us, as moms and married and genuinely in a par- partnership of life because you don't need to be married, but like you can't do life alone. That's, I think you have right. a support system. And I feel like in these last two years, that support system has been so much more needed. And I think all of us right mm-hmm. now are kind of like, Oh, we need that support. I saw you went on the, the, the vacation with your family. And I know how hard that is for you with the pandemic and just you're so close with your family and not being able to, you know, do those things. Absolutely. And it's, I think 20, 2020 in itself was a different animal. Yeah. We can all we- attest to that. Do- doesn't matter what facet of struggle you went through. We all struggled with something, but I think for us and not like, whoa, us, oh my gosh, we're just so we've been through so much, yeah. but really as a new mom, as going through this in a pandemic, both of us actually having our own experiences in the NICU, Mm -hmm. you also having just even those, those smaller pregnancy, uh, if you want to call them issues for lack of better terms during the duration of your pregnancy, plus dealing with a miscarriage in that same, you know, year virtual, pretty, pretty close. Am I correct? Yeah. We miscarried in November of 2019 and then got pregnant 
literally December, but found out in January. Yeah. Okay. So pretty, pretty close. You're still processing it. I mean, it's just what a fucking year. Yeah. I mean, I, I cannot, you cannot sum it up no. in a nice way. You really can't. No, you can't. And I think that's the hard thing too, though. Cause like I said, you know, with sharing things on social media, there's so much joy, but there's also so many moments and feelings of being overwhelmed and feelings, mm-hmm. feeling uncertain. And I don't know. It's just like in a world that's already so just a mess sometimes. It's like, I just wish there could be a little bit more support and a little bit more like, hey, we're compassion. All, yeah, we're all entitled to our emotions, you know? And that's something I feel like yeah. people just don't remember. People just don't give the time of day to process an emotion before they speak. You know what I mean? It's like, we're all right. going to feel the, the craziness at first, but process it. Be a, be a human mm-hmm. before you actually, you know, I don't know, yell at somebody. Through, yeah, through a no. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. And I think, too, with both of our experiences being, um, like I said, traumatic, maybe not the same, but similar, but also different. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like the minute that we want to say, um, man, I've just, I've had a hard day. I, I miss my old life. It's like, that's when very few and far between will get the people that are like, you're lucky to have a baby. I know. Look at what, look at what you went through. You're lucky they're alive. I know. Uh, you know, this, this happened to me. And so then they trauma dump on you yep. triggering what happened to you. And it's like, dude, no, 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 no. Y- you can still have these valid, valid feelings of unworthiness, wanting a break, yeah. um, questioning, did you do this too soon? Whatever it might be, you can still have that. Even if you were blessed with the most amazing story and miracle baby that you could have had. Absolutely. And you know, what's crazy is I told Casey this. So I didn't have, like, obviously we got pregnant so fast that I feel like I, I didn't have too, too much of that fear of like, oh my gosh, is it going to happen again? Like the miscarriage it's now, like now that we're talking Mm -hmm. about kiddo number two, I have this like horror, like this new fear that I never thought, you know, I thought, okay, we have a healthy kid. Like, and granted it can happen whenever to anybody. It doesn't have to be, you know, oh, I already had it. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen again, but it's this Mm -hmm. new fear that I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, did I deal with that? Because I it the second pregnancy happened so fast. Like, did I have time to process how I was feeling and what were my thoughts? And you know, I don't know. It's this weird feeling that I'm like, gosh, it's it is. It was trauma, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that that's something that is overlooked. And I think a lot of women. It's so sad to me that some people just they never even tell anybody because they're ashamed that they did something wrong or right. that their body failed them. And that's how I even felt with breastfeeding. Dear Lord, that was a hot. Yeah. That was a whole nother thing red. for you. Oh my gosh. And then obviously it was like that in itself. You're just like, you feel like your body's failing you. And I'm, I don't know. And then people yeah. come at you and I'm like, I promise I'm doing everything I can to get these boobs functioning, but I can't. So, um, well, so when, when it comes to re, kind of like with the the trauma that comes for you, you then had, can you kind of talk about what was going on during your pregnancy? So miscarriage occurs, you get pregnant, you're kind of, um, you don't even have time to even think what just happened. You're just to this beautiful pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And now you're, you're visiting the doctor, you're doing the routine stuff. And they tell you that there's, again, I don't want to use the word issue, but for lack of better terms here, they tell you, Hey, here's something that we found. Can you talk us through what yeah. that was for you? Yeah. So we went in for, so this was before the pandemic. So Casey was able to go with me to our very first appointment. This was with the first bundle and we were nine and a half. No, we were 10 and a half weeks pregnant. When we looked at the ultrasound, baby was only measuring nine weeks, two days, but there was a strong heartbeat and everything. So we're like, oh, okay. Like maybe dates are off from my cycle or, you know what I mean? Like we were just trying yeah. to figure out like, you know, and obviously I go into freak out mode. I'm like, okay, is this from the day of my last cycle? Is there something conceived? Like what is going on? Well, clearly baby wasn't developing the way that baby was supposed to, but we still had a heartbeat. So she sent me to a few other specialists to just get better imaging done. And everything was coming back with me being nine weeks, two days pregnant, but strong heartbeat. And, uh, you know, we didn't know what was going on, but essentially the baby had stopped growing, but those words were never 
said to me. Um, And then it was a week later, we were actually getting ready to go to an event that my mom was hosting. And I had gone to F45 the day before and just was spotting a little bit, but like very, I called my doctor. She's like, oh, that's totally fine. Like if it's after physical activity or after intimacy, that's common in the first trimester. I was like, okay. And then that we were getting ready to head out and it was like this fancy event. And I went to the bathroom and I was like, this isn't normal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we actually dropped my neighbor off at the event. And then Casey and I went to the hospital and sitting, I think anybody listening who's been in ER, obviously wait hours and hours and hours. And so waited in ER and now it was like 11 PM. And I'll never forget. Like I just, I couldn't look at the screen because I, you know, you just have that mom intuition. Mm -hmm. I just knew. And I was, I mean, I was a mess, like an absolute mess because like two of my best friends were already pregnant with me. One was two weeks ahead of me. One was three weeks ahead of me. It just like, you know, when things just feel too perfect, like you right. Right. I was like, and I kept telling my mom that I was like, mom, things are too perfect. Like how, you know, this just, everything just seems too perfect. And she's like, cars, you can't think that way. So anyways, I couldn't look at the screen and I looked at the lady and I said, is, is the baby there? And she just looked at me. Cause I obviously couldn't say, and she was like, the baby is, there's not a heartbeat. And Casey was staring at the screen the whole time. So like he knew mm-hmm. and, and then they just leave you like she, and she was so, but she's like, I'll give you a couple moments. And I was like, for what? what? Like for what? Like I was like, okay. But then they send you home because unfortunately you have to then go to your OB and you have, to, you know, I was far further along. So I actually had to go through a DNC, but what happened was this was on a Tuesday and they couldn't get me in for the quote unquote procedure until Friday. Well, your body naturally is going to start to try and go through the process. So naturally my body started going through the process and it was that Wednesday night. So about 24 hours later, my body was trying to basically go into labor and uh, obviously baby's tiny at that stage, but you still have like the tissue and everything. Mm So we ended up having to call the ER because I have never been in such pain in my life. And it turns out baby was stuck in my cervix. And so I went through the process of the DNC um, and we, you know, it's all, like that next four weeks was kind of a blur, mm-hmm. but 16 days later, I remember specifically, I like put on makeup, went to my doctor's appointment. She was like, okay, you're cleared. She's like, since it was your first miscarriage you can start trying again right away like no problem and Casey and I it was December 7th and it was like a tree lighting we live in a small town so we're like, uh-huh. let's go down to the tree lighting and uh we love tequila and so we had some tequila took an uber downtown <laughs> like a small little town okay no stoplight and we're just like oh my gosh who are we and uh, we just like first night back of just okay let's try and be a couple be a human and turns out baby loves tequila. So <laughs> we made a baby and uh, we didn't find out though, cause it was actually Christmas. We were over at Casey's parents' house and it was Christmas Eve. And I was like, something just feels weird. So Christmas morning I took a pregnancy test and it was positive. I didn't tell Casey Christmas is also his birthday. And so I was like, ah, you know, they did tell me that my hormones could be elevated for up to six weeks after a miscarriage. So I called my doctor the following day because obviously it was Christmas. She was like, mm-hmm. oh, let's just get you in for blood work so we can kind of see what's going on. And my HCG levels were still elevated. So then we did the series of six days of HCG, te- HCG testing. It was a new pregnancy, I told Casey. And so now we're at, you know, we are already five and a half, six weeks pregnant when we found out. And I, however, was spotting again every single day. Like I could do yoga, I would spot. I could go for a walk, I would spot intimacy, I would spot. And so I was like, Oh, here we go again. Mm -hmm. And the doctor was like, No, you're everything's great. She's like, we're just gonna put you on pelvic rest for first trimester. She's like, it's very common for, you know, activity to need to be reduced during first trimester. And we'll see how it goes. And sure enough, it was perfect. And by about 13 weeks, the by about like 11 and a half weeks, the spotting was done, but I wasn't cleared for exercise until about 13 weeks. And we just took it from there. And it was you know, it's obviously it's hard, especially with you and I, like we are fitness people, right? Like that's mm-hmm. our life. That's what we show. Right. And now I'm like not wanting to continue talking about the miscarriage, but it's kind of the only thing I can use to be why I'm not working out. And then mm-hmm. I would record workouts, but actually not be doing them. And it just, it was six months of my life that I felt like I was living a lie because 
Nobody knew I was pregnant the first 11 and a half weeks. Then it became, you know, four weeks of me sharing the miscarriage, but really not knowing how to process my own emotions. Mm -hmm. Then to me being pregnant again, but not sharing it for those first 13, 14 weeks. So it was just this awkward, you know, what is that? 25, 30 weeks of my life that like, I just didn't share. And you and I are very open people. So to just not share, you almost feel like there's a source of therapy that you're not letting out. Like you're not expressing it. Um, But once I was able to share, it was awesome. But then once again, you go into this whole title role. It's like, okay, well then am I the pregnant girl? Like, is that all you want to hear about? Or I don't know. I think that it's then just this juggling of you want to be in your pregnancy. You want to embrace it. Every photo I wanted to post, I want it to be about the baby. Um, but yeah, you get in your head about like what people want to see or what you're supposed to show and what you're not supposed to show. And, um, yeah, so then we had a great pregnancy. Everything was awesome. Um, it was really special for me. I turned 31 on my 31st week of pregnancy. So like that was just fun. And then I, my water broke and I wasn't even sure if it did. It just like mine trickled kind of. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, like I should probably go to triage in the morning because it was nighttime. And so I went to triage like, yeah, your water broke. Uh, so they uh, admitted me and then they actually induced me because I just wasn't, I didn't have a single contraction. Well, it turns out my water hadn't broken all the way, but they wait till the 24 hour mark. Then on the 24 hour mark, they came in and they like complete, like they broke the rest of my water mm-hmm. freaking national geographic by oh, the way gosh. i was like oh my <laughs> gosh i was like <laughs> i mean i'm sorry if this would have happened out in public for me i mean i, I would have i was laughing so hard des i was like oh my gosh casey's sitting on the couch i'm just laughing i'm in a pool of water i was like this is not <laughs> happening and but they had been pumping me with pitocin all day trying to get my contractions to start well now my water broke and within an hour, I dilated five centimeters. Oh, so wow. it was like, mother effer, get me the epidural now. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, because they're like, oh, you'll dilate about one centimeter an hour. No, <laughs> five in one hour. So I did get the epidural. And um, actually, it's kind of, for me, it's kind of cute. It, we like, it was, what was it? It was 1131 at night when they're like, okay, you can start pushing. And little man came into the world at 1241 AM. But for some reason, Casey and I like really wanted to have him on the 21st. And, and I, Casey's like, can you do it in 20 minutes or whatever time it was? I was like, I don't effing know. I can't feel my legs. I can't feel anything. Like, so anyways, it ended up, he was born on August 22nd and that's national rainbow baby day. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. Yes, Stop it. Was it. So, yes. We had no idea. Actually, we had absolutely no idea. It wasn't until we told a couple of our friends that we, you know, had had him and they sent us like, do you know that it's national rainbow baby day? And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is too perfect. But you know, that's just the birth. So they, he, they put him, we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. So Casey called it out. He was like, it's a boy. And it was just such an awesome moment. Like mm-hmm. it was Casey, like just kept doing a double take and I'm like, hello, <laughs> like, what do we have? Side and- note. Did you feel like when you became a boy mama, did you just feel like I literally was destined to have a boy? I, okay, so I was 98% sure that it was a girl. So this whole time, I'm like, That's oh, we're so having funny. a girl. Like, we're having a girl. And now I, like, I 1,000% cannot imagine not being a boy mom. Yes. And I told Casey, I was like, the only name we've ever had picked out was a girl name. And I was like, you know, I actually wouldn't be upset if we have another boy. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's how I feel. I'm like, just yes. shoot him out. I'm cool with it. <laughs> yes. But it was so, it was really sad, though, because obviously we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. And I put him on my chest and he's not crying. He's just, he's, they call it a grunt. Okay. So it's when babies, um, it's TN, it's TTN. So it's like where they transition into like their transition from womb to world mm-hmm. is difficult and they're grunting. It's oftentimes that they have fluid in their lungs. And so, I mean, they put him on my chest. They took him off of me, took him off of me immediately. And, you know, they have that, they brought in, they wheeled in the little thing that they bring from the NICU that has the lights and the cords and whatever. And they're doing all the tests. And the thing for me was it was 40 minutes. So he's in my room for 40 minutes, not on me though, just on this thing while my stomach's being Oh my God. That was the worst <laughs> part. That was like 10 times worse. Super. Oh no. <laughs> the worst. Um, and they're on the phone with the NICU and they're just like, okay, like this is what his re- readings are. Like, should we bring him down? Do we need to admit hit, admit hearing all these conversations? So mm-hmm. long story short, they take him down to the NICU, but they don't admit him. But Des, we don't even have a name for him. Like we didn't know we were having a boy. So I didn't get to hold him. I didn't get to name him. I'm like, 
and I, as you know, the emotions, I was just a hot mess. So mm-hmm. Casey went with him to the NICU. And since I had to get admitted into postpartum, I wasn't with him for the first eight hours. So it was just like, mm-hmm. so hard. So we didn't name him. And so actually, it's kind of funny, all of our insurance cards say Boydell, because they, oh my yeah, they just submit paperwork right away. And so we had to obviously get that all figured out. But um, right. Yeah, so it turns out he just had a hard time transitioning from the womb to world. And like his um, glucose levels were like sub 20 non-existent. I didn't have um, any um, gestational diabetes or anything. And then he wasn't able to keep his oxygen levels um, like on normal, you know, so he was always um, Mm -hmm. going into DSAT. And so we had to have him on, as you know, all the breathing tubes, all the monitors, incline bed, everything. Um, And yeah, I, you know, I, I, whenever you talk about, because I know you posted, you know, that trauma and I, I'm so thankful you did because, you know, I don't think people, I mean, a lot of people, moms do, unfortunately, and know how it feels, but to leave the hospital without the baby, like that to me was so hard to just come home. And I felt so guilty. I was like, I can stay. It's fine. And, you know, one of the NICU nurses, she was so sweet. She's like, you have the world's most expensive babysitters right now. She was like, she yeah. was like go home and get some rest. I was like, okay. I was like, I'll be back for the 5 a.m. feeding. She was like, don't. She's like, come back at 7. Like, go home and sleep. But, you know, to walk down your stairs and obviously, like, the car seat's still in the NICU, but the base is in your car. And I was just like, oh, this is so weird. I just – it. It was, and then I'm, you know, home pumping because your boobs, like your milk's starting to come in. I never got to do, um, like I never got to breastfeed him right away. I, you know, they just started formula. They started the pacifier. They started his sleeping routine. So like, there's so many things that we're thankful for. There's so many things that I get frustrated with because I'm like, oh, I wish I could have tried to breastfeed him right away. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I wish, you know, I don't, there's so many things, but in the end, I did learn so much by him being in the NICU. I learned so much from mm-hmm. what they do and I don't know, but you know, I've always wondered for you though, because, and I know you and I, like we chatted when you're in the NICU and then the day you got to bring Maddox home, but like, how was that coming home? Cause did it feel like you're bringing home like day one baby or did it feel like you're bringing home a six week old? Yeah, that's, that's kind of the weird part because first off, I, I just want to revisit you having him on rainbow yes. baby day. <laughs> Maddox was born the like two days before NICU Nurse Appreciation Day and in NICU Awareness Month. I, okay, the NICU Awareness so, Month, again, that was amazing. I was like, wait, what? Another weird yes. thing. Yeah, so strange. So it, it almost helped me during that mm-hmm. time, especially just those first like four weeks, you know, where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in here. You know, what the heck? It almost gave me a purpose. Like, yay, I can share all month this really cool part of my life and also know that like a lot of other moms can benefit, especially right now in this month. Um, so that, that was just a side note I wanted to throw out there, but coming home, I remember still our last night there. And I remember just, you know, talking to him and I'm like, you're, you get to come home tomorrow. Like we get to come home. And I remember laying in bed and doing like one of my last few, like all night pumps, Mm -hmm. right. Where he like really wasn't on breast at all. And I was just sitting here. I'm like, wow, he's going to be like bedside tomorrow. That's wow. Wow. I, he's coming yeah. home. And it was a weird thing because it wasn't the natural, um, ex- like I knew exactly when he was going to come home. Like we're, we're going to go there and he's going to be home at 11 AM. Mm-hmm. You know what yep. I mean? It wasn't. So it was like a weird scheduled coming home tour that it didn't feel normal, but what do I no- know is yeah. I don't yeah. know. So I'm almost glad that it was my first experience, but coming home with him, he truly did still feel like a yeah. newborn. He was still like six pounds. He was so tiny. He was still new. Um, and it really did feel like we get, we got to like start a life together. At yeah. home. So it did feel like he was coming home. But it was just like, he was in his car seat and I'm driving home with him. And it was like, but like, I'm skinny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I, I'm, re- but I'm recovered. I'm cleared to work out. I, you know what I mean? So like, true. it was just weird to go home and be like, but wait, like, I'm like, I'm normal. Did I really just have a baby? Like, I don't know. It was almost another process of, wow, I, I had a kid yep. and it, that's weird because for the last six weeks, I just walked in and out every single day um, with a freaking, you know, lunch pack. And then I just, I went home to bed, you know? And and so, yeah, that, that was the part that was like kind of strange is 
when I took him home, I was like, I was fine. You know, like I didn't have that, that, um, you know, your uterus is still shrinking this, that, and the other, like I was kind of done. And so it was, it was strange, but it was also nice to know that that past six weeks, like I could have, I really was able to take care of myself a little bit differently than I could have if he was home. And you want, I don't know, something that I keep holding on to is that next time, like with our next kiddo, it's going to feel like the first all over again. You know what I mean? Like there's so oh, many I know, things that I, know. I didn't get, we didn't get to have him in our room, you know, or mm-hmm. I didn't get to put him on my chest. I didn't get to breastfeed him. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to take that cute photo that so many mamas take like in the bed with their baby. I didn't get to sit in the room with just my husband and my brand new baby and be in that moment. You know, it was in a NICU with multiple nurses. We never had just a moment with the three of us ever. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, it, it I, you know, it all worked out the way that it was supposed to, I guess, but it does right. give me like that. Okay. Well, that's so cool that with the next baby, hopefully, right. Like you hope things will all go fine, right. but it's like, that's going to allow me to have an entirely different and new experience. And while every baby is a new experience, I don't know. It's just something that kind of keeps me going when I'm like, there's things with the first kid that you just don't want taken away from you. And mm-hmm. that's how it feels a little bit, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. Oh, I didn't get to do that. Or I didn't get to do this. And, um, I don't know. So I think sometimes that I think about those things or I hear about other people's experiences. I'm like, Oh, we didn't have that. And like, we were, you know, right. we were only in the NICU for a few days, but either way it was still just not what you planned. And I'm mm-hmm. so thankful we didn't have a birth plan. Cause I think I would have freaked yes I would have freaked out because it literally did not go according to any plan and not knowing like what was going on I think helped me because it was just like okay what do I need to do or okay what's next right that that's that's how I feel like with my birth in general it was like I didn't know I mean dude I went to the doctor in the morning still planning to be at my massage at 11 30 like I like it was 10 a.m and I'm like oh yeah I have an hour and a half I can get to my massage like I had no clue what was going to happen um and almost like you said that that adrenaline of you have to show up in that moment and you got to you got to pull your shit together and you figure it out and you step up to the plate. And I think being thrown in that situation was good because it was a fight or flight. And in that case, we both thought, you know, we knew what we had to do. We step up as a mom and you go into that mode that you never even knew you could tap into. Um, And it's, it's, you, you know, it's like, Oh my gosh. Like I, you feel so proud of yourself after the fact. You're like, I knew what I needed to do and my body knew what it needed to do. Um, but I do think that after, you know, how you said missing out on a ton of stuff, not only with the pandemic, you know, not being able to have like a proper baby mm-hmm. shower, but also then like, you know, no maternity shoot. Like I didn't oh, yeah. get to have a newborn shoot. I didn't get to like have that, like you said, that first picture, my first picture, he was on my chest with tubes everywhere. Like it was, I look back and I'm like, God, not only did I look terrible, (laughs) but it's like, it was like, not what was on Instagram. It wasn't what was on Instagram. And to think that's the way I had to like bring my first child in the world and like share with the world that he was here at that moment, pure bliss, looking back, pure bliss. I was still so proud and happy, but I'm, I'm excited to hopefully one day do that again. But I also like, I look at my future and some days I really do think, is there another kid in the picture? Because I'm extremely terrified to go through that and think if that were to happen again, like I just do, I do not know if I could do it. And we were very lucky to have a strong, mighty, mighty Maddox to come, to come out of that NICU fucking swinging and killing it. But other babies, they, they don't, you don't always have that experience in the yeah. and that, and that terrifies me. So, um, you know, okay. So birth, you know, birth's great. Cool. We're, we're <laughs> home. We're being moms. Let's talk about the dynamic switch uh, in parent and parenthood, being parents, co-parenting, being with your husband, being a wife. What is that like? For oh you? my God. You mean at the moment you go from lovers to teammates and you're just like, uh, yes. High-fiving <laughs> each other in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> yep. It was freaking hard. Uh, I think harder than I anticipated. First of all, I had bad baby blues. Like my first 14 days, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm an unstable piece. Like I was such a mess. And the doctor told us, she was like four out of five women get baby blues. They last 10 to 14 days. It's very normal. I was like, okay, 
So thankfully we were prepared for it, but it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And thankfully around like Mm -hmm. day 10, day 12, I kind of came out of it. But I mean, it was to the point where I'd look at Casey and I was like, you don't love me anymore. And he would just stare at me. He's like, what? And I was like, I need more. And he was like, more of what? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Like I was just such a mess. But you know, it's hard because obviously you know, I had a vaginal birth and so minimum of six weeks, no intimacy. But then once you get cleared, it's like, okay, do you just jump your bones right then? My body is different. Everything's different. We haven't touched each other in six weeks. Like, what does this look like? And so that was its own struggle for me, like just the intimacy side of it. Absolutely. Um, but it was also like, he is my best friend. And I felt me, I felt us like slowly just going into best friend zone, if that makes sense. So it's like, Mm -hmm. we were friends before we dated. So that's very easy for us to like, just go back to that time. And so sometimes it, I mean, regardless of a kiddo, it is hard for us to be like, okay, wait, we're not just best friends. Like we have to make sure Mm -hmm. we transition and remind us that we're husband and wife. And so now we're just sitting there being such awesome teammates, but those barriers need, like those walls need to come down again. Like that that Mm -hmm. love and that relationship and that fun and that laughter and that youthfulness. And thankfully we promised each other that our marriage would come before kids. And that might sound selfish to some people, but that's just where we're at. And that's what we always want. We want our marriage to come first and then our kids. Cause I want Caden to learn love from us and what he sees and what he feels in the home. And I also want to be able to sit down with my husband and have a conversation that isn't about poopy diapers. Like, oh, did he yep. did he poop today? Like, okay, do you know what color it was? Like, stupid shit <laughs> that you're like, oh my gosh, have we talked to anything else? So right. that is, has been something that thankfully now is better. But I'd say the per- first like 10 to 12 weeks, it was, we had some really awkward conversations, like really hard mm-hmm. conversations. And the reason why I say awkward is because to bring them up to somebody that you've loved for so long. You've had, a, I mean, for Casey and I, we've had, you know, six years before a kid and it was just all these new things. And while you're gush, like literally gushing over this baby, right? You're like, how did we make him? Like we right. did that, but you're also two human beings that still need a, a sensual love of some sort or an emotional love of some sort or an emotional care. And that transition for us was, it was hard. Um, I know for me, it was hard to just embrace the new, I didn't want to call it like a postpartum body, just the everything new, like mm-hmm. just the, yeah, the new body, the new role, the new need. Um, I also know that I didn't have maternity leave and I had no, like literally nothing pouring into my own cup at all, mm-hmm. just giving, 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 giving. And I wanted to give so much love to Casey. And I also know that I needed love in return. And so it's hard for me sometimes to, um, especially in relationships, like I'm definitely somebody who I, I don't know, I almost need to be like, uh, like the, like reinstilled, if that makes sense. Like I need to know that he loves me. I need to know that he cares. And those might come from insecurities or confidence issues or past relationships or whatever it may be. But now I have this little human who's literally taking, taking, taking while also Mm -hmm. filling up that joy tank. But like, also filling up the overwhelm tank. And so it just kind of created this, you know, Casey leaves for work every single day. He leaves the house. Granted, he's so much help once he's home, but we really had to establish morning routine and night routine, which with a newborn, Mm -hmm. that's very hard. But once we passed that like 12 week mark, it was like, okay, something's got to give. And this is not just for my sanity. This is for our marriage. So for us to figure out a morning routine and a night routine so that you and I can sit down and have dinner with each other. But I also know that I have support and I have help. That was huge. I mean, honestly, that was like a relationship switch for us because I do not want to lose our marriage. I do not want to lose our love. Things have definitely changed, but we try and take those moments where, you know, we can have a few seltzers and head downstairs and play shuffleboard or play dominoes or whatever that we aren't having a conversation based around Caden, but it was hard. I don't know about like, I don't know about you, but it's a weird shift and it it can remain weird if you don't act upon it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I have, I have a postpartum episode where I kind of, I dove really intimately with my audience on everything xyz including sex Mm -hmm. and intimacy and i had really bad pain the first two times that we tried to have sex i heard that um it was not comfortable there was 
I, I mean, you're dry, yep. from especially breastfeeding. Your hormones are fucked. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is, it's something that's not really talked about. So I, I was very open and honest about that. You know, hey, dude, we've tried to have sex twice, and uh, it's not yeah. fun. It's not fun. And it almost created an aversion for me to want to try again because it was sure. very painful. Yeah. And um, so we've finally been able to be intimate again and taking it very slow almost like a first yeah, time, again, yes. you know, and we've, we've been able to establish that intimacy again in, in our, our life. And it's, it's really flipped a switch for Wyatt because he's very physical. He, he is physical love. I am words of affirmation and acts of service. Yeah. So that's what came first for me is like, can you help with the baby? Can you take the trash out for me? Can you do this? When for him, it's like, he's like, Des, I just, I want to hug. Yeah. But for me, it's like, dude, I'm, I'm holding a baby all day. Yeah. By the time I put him down, I don't want to be touched. So that part has been hard for me personally, feeling touched out, feeling like I'm constantly doing something. And then I almost turned being affectionate towards him into another thing. Like, oh, this is a hassle. This is a, a job. I have to be physical. So that's where our marriage and our communication had to be broken down and like, what do we need to do for each other? Yeah. Um. And so, but yeah, that's a barrier that... You know, you think postpartum that you might have those same hormones you had in trimester three where you're kind of like having sex all the time out of nowhere. Yeah. And it doesn't freaking transfer over. Let me tell you that. I, you know what? So, it's so crazy too because I feel like people talk about love languages. For me, the love languages really didn't become a thing until after Caden was here. It was like, okay, oh. there's got to be... Like, I mean, because Casey is definitely more of an acts of service person. I'm more of, like, quality time, words of affirmation. And mm -hmm. so neither of us need that, like, physical touch kind of a thing. But I know that I, I need it from, like, like an affirmation perspective, if that makes sense. Like, Absolutely. You know, it's kind of like, Absolutely. do you want me? Like, am I attractive to you? Mm -hmm. And so I think that I needed that for that affirmation for that validation for that, you know, whatever it may be. And so I knew getting back her intimate life was something I needed to do for my own insecurities, my own confidence, all of it. Uh, I actually did go to start going to a pelvic floor therapist though at six weeks postpartum. So oh, I, nice. when I went in to get cleared from my doctor, she gave me the referral because I think it's so dumb, but to get into a pelvic floor therapist without having like, you know, in order for insurance to cover it, you have to get a referral. I'm like, hello, a human just came out of me. Like, shouldn't that? What? Yes. I was shocked, but thankfully I went and I've had three sessions. And so nice. just was able to kind of deal with that because as I'm sure you, it's like, everything's different down there, like literally mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to be open about that. And I also, I did a podcast on that with, you know, with somebody who does public floor therapy stuff and it's just, there's so much taboo and that's what I hate is yeah, it's, you know, these conversations that you want to be normal. Um, you know, even us talking about this right now, it's like, we shouldn't feel weird for being like, you know, Oh, things have been hard with my husband or things have been great right. or sex isn't where I want it. Or it, it's, it just shouldn't be taboo in my opinion. And I feel like so right. many women are struggling with it, whether or not they have kids, right. If you're in a new job mm -hmm. or if we're in a freaking pandemic, if your emotional state is off, I'm, you know, things are just going to shift. And that's where yeah. I just, we just decided to throw a kid into the mix. So. Right. <laughs> no. And that's, it's, it's something that I just want to encourage anyone listening who is either wants to um, try to conceive, wants to uh, establish something pre-birth pre or whatever it might be, how to prepare for that. Just know that like it takes it takes months mm -hmm. to feel normal again in it. You're not wrong. I feel like sometimes you got the facade that, you know, you hit six weeks, you're released and all of a sudden you're released from everything yep. and you, you're you're this perfect mom and you got shit together. Six weeks, baby, that's where it begins. Yeah. That's you know what I mean? And so anyone who's who's listening, it is so worth it. Yeah. But it is hard and that is okay exactly it's totally okay I just ah uh, and I also I feel like it's really hard too because you know we're obviously in a space where we look at, look at women all day long and I'm just like gosh that's yeah. where she's at you know seven months postpartum and it's like rock chiseled abs glutes that are insane I'm just like how you know or and, right and also I should be able to be like good for her right like why can't mm -hmm. we just be like hell yes you're showing up for yourself that is amazing good for you and I, I don't right. know and I just it's yeah like you said it's hard. And, you know, like I was saying earlier when I was like, how are you? It's so crazy because I feel like 
asking myself that question sometimes, I, I really have to allow myself to admit like, oh, I'm struggling or I'm not where I want to be, but that doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. it's bad, right? Like I emotionally might not be where I want to be or physically might not be where I want to be or in my marriage, not where I want to be. But it's one thing to acknowledge it, right? To know it, but then to act upon it. And for me, even having a conversation like this, it's just so nice to know that we're not alone, but we're also in a situation where we can't go to mommy and me classes. We can't go Mm -hmm. meet up with other people going through this at the same time, unless you want to do it virtual, which I don't really want to stare at other moms and babies virtually. Like I want Caden to be around kids and I want to be around moms that want to talk and or friends, you know, it doesn't have to be people mm-hmm. who are pregnant or postpartum, just human interaction. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like as women, we, I don't know. I just feel like we, we hold so much inside and it's so frustrating. Yeah. It, yeah. Because you know, the minute that you want to say anything or especially for us on social media, which again, I, I think we do a good job being like, I don't give a fuck who yeah. wants to say anything. Here's how I'm feeling. But for some people, they might feel like they have to keep a lot held in because then again, like you said, you're complaining, you're, you're not grateful. Um, this, this isn't what I'm here following you for, you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, who, what the fuck? No, yeah. like, I don't, like, I don't care. Um, so I think that as our audience has changed and I'm sure you've saw, you've seen a change as well oh, with yeah. just social media, like not even just social media, like the app in general. So it's like, you got all these factors going into making, maybe you sometimes feel like, wow, I'm just like, not that cool anymore. Uh, like every day I'm like, oh, like maybe I'm just kind of, I told, what did I say the other day? I was on a live with like my personal page and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not the shiny quarter anymore. And that's cool. You know, there's, yeah. there's new people. There's always the new and the young. And now we appeal to different audiences. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, it's just a, it's a big switch for us for, and multiple, multiple facets right now. Um, but it's, it's still so empowering because we have people too, where like when you find, a mom that wants to support you as a mom, we, we, we ride together. Oh, right? We ride at dawn. You know what I mean? That mom bond is unreal. So it's, it's a very special place to be. Oh, I cannot agree more. I feel like some of the emails I get, I'm just like, Oh, this is why I show up every day. Like, this is why mm-hmm. I do what I do, but you're right. You know, I feel like we're both in very transitional periods right now. I don't know about you. I don't really know what that transition is. I can just feel it in my core. Like something's about to transition. I clearly am transitioning from a exterior perspective, but in like, uh, you know, mom life and all of that. But when it does come to social media, it like, it is your account is suppressed because you're not following the trend or you're not posting X amount of reels or whatever it is. But, you know, I, I let that get in my head sometimes because it is, it's our job and that's scary, but I also have to hone into this fact that I'm like, okay, I'm being true to who I am and I can just feel whether it's a career switch, a life switch, whatever it is, like, I can just feel that that's there. And I, even when I watch all of your stuff, I can just, I feel it when you post that, like you have so much joy and so much, um, fulfillment elsewhere. And it doesn't have to be from that, like instant gratification. Right. When a few years ago, that was us. Oh, yep. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like that, that was us and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but we, we've grown into these, this, this really crazy new stage. I mean, sometimes I think about, I'm like, Oh my God, we're like literally moms. Like that's nuts. nuts. We used to shove pillows up our shirts to pretend. And now like we really went through all of that. How crazy and amazing and magical and everything in between. So I, I definitely want to continue to talk mom, talk, transition and more. I think that doing that on your podcast would be a great continuation to this conversation. Um, I definitely want to be better at reaching out. I want to be better at meeting up, even if it's just once a month, shooting each other a text. Yes. I think that mom to mom, we need to take that time. Um, and to do that. And also, you know, once this pandemic clears, have the boys meet up. I know. Oh my God. So cute. I know. I, <laughs> I can't. I, I it's you know, and it's so fun too, because what we thought the boys were gonna be like three and a half months apart. And now they're like what, <laughs> two weeks. Yeah. I can think two weeks. Yes, it's nuts, which I think is so freaking awesome. So that's just so fun. But no, I am so excited to have you on my podcast because I think it'll be fun to transition from like all of this to like where we are now, you know, and yes. go through all that. So that would be so awesome. But seriously, Absolutely. text me whenever I just feel like I remember even when I was like breastfeeding them all the night, I'd text you. I was like, Hey mama, how you doing? <laughs> like yeah, literally. somebody else is up, right? Somebody's in right. a different time zone, but you know, I'm always here for you. And I'm so dang proud of you. Honestly, you went through so much and I know you shared a lot, but 
I also don't think anybody can genuinely go down to like the emotional level of it and you freaking crushed it and your baby is so sweet and I'm just so <laughs> proud of you. Uh, thank you, Carly. And I, I feel the same for you. Like I said, we can relate on very different, but same experiences, especially in that first thing that as type A people, we had this beautiful plan and it, it just didn't execute, but it really turned into something even more beautiful and a part of our story that no one can ever take away from us. And so, you know, I'm proud of you as well. I know you've gone through a lot of just, you know, body changing and not feeling your best. And like you said, you had that 30 week period of not being able to do what you've done for years. And Mm -hmm. so to still be working back into normalcy, finding time for you, I know that that's a struggle, but I think you're finessing it. You're doing an amazing job. Um, So continuing again, uplifting each other, uplifting other moms that are listening. Why don't you go ahead, tell them where to find you. I'll obviously put all this information in the show notes as well. Um, But tell them where to find you, what your podcast is called so they can subscribe early. Um, We'll go from there. Awesome. Yeah. So I definitely spend most of my time on my Instagram, which is at Carly and Dell, all my platforms, website at Carly and Dell or Carly and Dell.com uh, <laughs> podcast is crazy over easy. And uh, yeah, all, literally every platform I'm Carly and Dell, but definitely hang out the most over on Instagram, share the pup, share the babe, all of that. Uh, just kind of, yeah, like I said, the, the hot mess of life. That's, that's what I'm about. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. And I love you. And I'm glad we got to chat. Um, obviously, we will stay in contact. We'll, yes. Obviously, you guys that are listening, look for that podcast. When it goes live, I'll also redrop it in these show notes. So if you're listening late, maybe check the show, mo- show notes. We might have part two up. But thank you, Carly, for an amazing conversation. Um, I'm excited to like catch up now in like a few weeks and just see like what else is maybe new or what me the babies too. are doing. <laughs> me too. Oh my gosh. I, well, um, I love and- you. And seriously, vent, vent me whenever I am here. You are so wonderful. You're amazing. Well, we will chat soon and thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. All right. See you later. Bye. All right, you guys, I hope that you really enjoyed that episode. Again, that was so special to me, uh, just being able to chat with her, talk to her and, um, you know, just dive a little bit deeper into postpartum and what that looks like. And I, I will say, since that was the first time Carly and I have talked to hear her talk about her relationship and her marriage and how so many things changed, it made me not feel alone. Like it honestly made me not feel like a bad wife. Cause it's like, you know what? We truly are just learning. We're learning and it's such a beautiful, amazing, like new curve, but it's crazy looking back. Um, it has been a year as of like the 19th that I conceived Maddox. Um, granted you have like a little bit of a buffer zone with like when the egg actually implanted, but we had sex on the 19th. Okay. And that was definitely when he was born. So it's amazing to look back and then to be in a conversation like the one we just had and be like, whoa, that, how, what, a year already? Nuts. Nuts, dude. So make sure you guys stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. Obviously, like I told you guys earlier in the little intro, so many fun episodes coming up, like just really a lot of fun. Um, Make sure that you follow my Instagram if you don't already, Des B. Mostly though, honestly, follow my Des Piper Instagram. If you're a real one, you can hang out with me there. It is on private, so you have to request. And I do creep on every person that tries to follow me because if there's anyone I get bad vibes from who like wants to hate follow me, I like don't fuck with you. And I kind of just read the energy. So no offense. If for some reason I decline you and you're like, dude, I swear to God, I'm here. I love you. Just click follow again. Don't be offended. Just know I have to like really protect that space with what's happened to my other Instagram. Like I just want to have like solid fucking people there. So go follow Brunch with Desby on Instagram. Follow Desby, Des Piper, and get ready for Below the Influencer on Wednesday. I love you guys. I hope you have an amazing day and we'll chat soon.